This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. Murray quarterback run to the left. He's at the 20 to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10 to the 5 and into the end zone for the touchdown. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. We are running the two-man game on this week's show. All things good in your world there, Kyle? The heat's not too bad, at least not yet. Knock on wood. Everything's good. I'm busy, and that's a good thing, man. <laughs> Staying busy is good for me. Cardinals busy as well. Yes, it is going to get a little hotter later in the week. Cardinals are on the practice field, although it's interesting, Kyle, and maybe you shared this same sentiment when you played here in the desert. The number of veterans talking about training in Arizona because of the heat and how much their body feels better when they're out in the field. Now, not at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when it's 115, but not having to worry about weather conditions, but being on the field, and your body just feels a lot looser. It does, yeah, especially once you become a veteran, man. You know, there's a process, and it takes like a full hour, hour and a half to get stretched, get warmed up, get in the hot tub. Um, but when you're in Arizona, you just hop out on the field and you're warm, man. Your muscles get lubed up real quick and you're ready to go. Um, and, you know, if, if you play here, you're going to have some, you know, training camp practices or, you know, you, you just got to get in it. You got to get used to the heat. You don't complain about it. And it's the human body's incredible, man. It'll, it'll adapt to anything. And, um, you know, it, uh, football is a tough game for tough people and you know you kind of set that tone right now in OTAs you know it's uh it's it's hot out there but um nobody's complaining you go out there get your work in and, and you recover I believe it was 94 as I was driving into work this morning but hey that's our problem here in Arizona we choose to live here Cardinals on the practice field even as we speak here it is the third and final week of OTAs next week mini camp and really the only difference is next week is mandatory this week and the previous two weeks all voluntary but a good collection of players both young and old i'll put that in quotation marks as far as veterans out on the football field and what has been different this offseason as opposed to the previous two a little bit more activity a little bit more normalcy and for head coach cliff kingsbury that's a benefit because you don't have to wait until training camp to work on a lot of things i love this like, like i mentioned before two years without being able to see thoughts that you pick up doing your offseason study you can actually put them on the grass see how they work get them on tape talk through it maybe it works maybe it doesn't you hate to have to do that during training camp you'd rather iron some of that stuff out before you get there because training camp so competitive and, and you're trying to really prepare for the season where here you can experiment and work on things and see guys at different positions so it's been been really good for us it's one thing Kyle to see something on film see something on a chalkboard a dry erase board and then go out and try to execute it before it was all right let's try this but maybe not everyone is together. You're still doing Zoom meetings, and you have to wait until the end of July, August, before you can actually see it come to fruition. That's all happening now. To Maybe this team will be a little bit ahead of schedule, and this goes for all 32 teams across the league. But now 
with this experimentation and trying to solve the issues of the past, you're getting a head start. You're not having to wait. Yeah, it, you know, the one thing about this league is you have to continually adapt. You have to continually evolve, um, whether it's offense, whether it's defense, um, and, and even personnel. I mean, even the players going out on the field, like, you know, every year um, we'd write up scouting reports against the guys we go against, and you keep those, and you keep them for next year. Well, if that guy's doing the same things and has the same weaknesses that next year, then he's going to continually get beat. So, you know, you've got to do, you know, a little bit of a self-scout as a player. Um, I heard uh, Devon Kennard say this week, you know, this is a good time to try new pass rush moves. As, as a pass rusher, as a defensive end, you always, you know, you like to fall back on your go-to move, what, what's worked for you in the past and what, what you do really well. Well, but you have to continually change your game. You have to add to it and become a more complete player. And that goes for whether it's a D lineman or a receiver. You got to work on your weaknesses, quarterbacks, running backs, everybody. And this is a good time to take a peek, look at last season, look at what went right, what went wrong, what can we work on. And even the coaching staff. I mean, I can see, um, you know, I've played for coaches a lot like Coach Kingsbury, um, you know, it's all he thinks about is football. I can see him going out to a dinner and drawing up plays on napkins. And in theory, like you said, these things look great on a sheet of paper or on a napkin or, you know, on a chalkboard, but you've got to see how it works with your players and whether they can execute it and, and how the defense is going to react to some of the things you do. And this is the time to, to work on those things and add to your offense and expand. And, and just based on you know what we think, how this offense might go, especially through these first six games with the talent that they have, the tight end position, with the talent they have in the backfield, it might be a little bit different of an offense to start the season. And you need to see how that stuff, how, how it works, how it looks, and how the guys work together. The one constant on offense, obviously, is quarterback Kyler Murray. No, he's not here. He was here last week, but there is a feeling amongst the coaches, amongst his teammates, more importantly, that something is going to get done between quarterback and team as far as a long-term contract. The talent is there. It's undeniable. And his teammates, DJ Humphreys, for one, asked about Murray as far as the future of Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. I just see it all as a part of business. You know, certain stuff got to go a certain way for things, for both parties to be happy. And they'll figure it out, you know what I mean? And that's, I stay out of stuff like that. You know, I don't want nobody in my business when I'm talking about stuff. So, I, you know what I mean? If you think that Kyler's not our future, you are a plum fool. You know what I mean? I just, I say that again. If you think that he's not our future, you are absolutely, you need to slow down on the drinking in the daytime. You know what I mean? Like, the, I know Scottsdale big on Sunday fun day, but you got to dial it back a little bit, you know? Leave it to Hump to kind of put it into perspective and put it into words that we all understand. Now, I'll admit, Kyle, I've never heard of the term or the phrase plum fool, but I completely understand what Humphreys is talking about because, yes, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are married to each other, and it's just a matter of when, not if, a contract is agreed upon. Right, and it's a matter of how. Um, you know, it's it's far more complicated than I, I think everybody's reading too much into, well, the Cardinals don't want to invest in Kyler. Of course they do. Or Kyler doesn't necessarily want to be back. Of course he does. That That has been made very clear by both sides. It's the details in the contract. And, you know, a lot of it, it it's not just as simple as um, here's how much he's worth. Let's sign it and get this done, you know, especially with – the Deshaun Watkins contract and all the guaranteed money that puts a wrinkle in every quarterback contract going forward. Like everybody's expecting, um, 
or at least quarterbacks and their agents are saying, well, why did this guy get so much guaranteed money? My guy should. So, you know, those details will get worked out. Um, it's a negotiation process. Um, you know, while I believe this time of the year is very important and it is vital to the success of, of this team and any team, uh, the work you put in in the offseason in the summer, um, there is time. And, you know, Kyler has that elite type ability and when he is under contract and he's back in and and here and and it's it's now a hundred percent certain that he is this team's quarterback of the future um that provides stability and the team will hit the ground running and move on from there speaking of stability humphreys about to enter his eighth year in the league just put pause on that for a minute let that sink in Drafted in 2015, didn't see a single snap at all that season. But to me, and he was asked about it, he still feels like one of the young guys. And I would put myself in that category thinking of Humphreys as still as that young guy, not the grizzled veteran of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah. He has that youthful exuberance. You know, he's the guy that, um, you know, loves to be on the practice field, that his teammates love to be around. He's he's fun. Um, and But he's he's really developed into a good left tackle in the National Football League. And when you look at the important positions on your team, um, for any team regardless, not just the Arizona Cardinals, it is that left tackle. And especially, um, you know, there's going to be a big investment into the quarterback your next job is to make sure he is protected and he has time and he's not getting hit or pressured or rushed quicker than he should be. And, and um, you know, Humphreys is a big part of that. Two-time team captain, started 16 games last season, missed week 16 at Dallas because tested positive for COVID-19. It's the only game he's missed of the past three seasons. And when he came back, he just wasn't quite himself. If you miss any time during the season, there's an adjustment coming back, let alone if you miss time with a respiratory injury and you play 80-plus snaps every game, you know what I mean? So the, I think that obviously there's a the hindrance to that, but like I, I, I was brought in the nature of, you know, if you're on that field, you can go, so you go. It ain't nobody care about you having COVID. Nobody, you get beat, nobody's going to be like, hey, he had COVID last week, so this doesn't, you know, let's give him one, guys. Like, it's, you're out there, bro. You got to go. So I think... Having that mentality and, 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 and what I went through, it, it helped me get through it, but I won't act like it was easy for sure. Named to his first career Pro Bowl, and Humphreys is entering the final year of his contract, but he has a great mindset as far as his future with the Arizona Cardinals because he was asked about going into that final year, not having that security of a long-term deal. Hell yeah. Left tackles on growing trees, baby. You know that. Like I said, them baby, they don't grow on trees, baby. You know? In other words, Kyle, he's going to find a job. Exactly. There are just certain positions in the National Football League that are a must. And, yeah, quarterback is one, but someone to protect the blind side of your best player, i.e. quarterback, is needed. Yeah, he'll definitely find a job. And, and I think – I mean, this is going to sound crazy because I think he's a really good left tackle – I think he can still improve in his game. I mean, year eight, and he's not the kind of player that's going to rest on his laurels saying, you know, I'm good enough. I, uh, I'm i a good left tackle. I'm going to get paid. He will, you know, for guys like him that came into the league and nothing was given to him and nothing was handed to him and he had to earn his way into the starting lineup and he had to earn his next contract, he's going to continue to have that type of mentality. You don't forget where you started and where you came from. Um you know, and, and you know, going back to the to the COVID thing, um, 
it, it's not just COVID. You know, one of the things that amazed me um, about offensive linemen in general, and I don't think the average fan appreciates, is as a defensive lineman, you go as hard as you can, and then you look to the sideline, and someone comes in and gives you a blow. It's it, you know, defensive linemen for the most part have a rotation. They're not every down players. Um, offensive linemen play every snap. And they play on PATs, and they play on field goals, and they—I mean, it is amazing. Um, I, I, I mean, I have just—I've been in the locker room after games with some of these offensive linemen that are playing, like you said, eighty-plus snaps a game, and they get to the locker room and they just lay on the floor for about an hour because they are so physically exhausted, and and I don't think they get enough credit for that. And to have a guy like that that has shown the durability he has shown and is reliable and is out there every Sunday. Um, there is tremendous value in that. Well, you play 70-plus snaps. You're good on 69 of those 70 snaps, but that one that you weren't, you allowed a sack. You look at the stats, you're like, oh, he didn't play well. On the other side, an edge rusher, 70 snaps in a game, which they never play. One sack in 70 snaps. Oh, you got the sack? Check that box. It's a little... No, a little you're, different. You're exactly right. You get that one sack a game as an edge rusher, you're a Hall of Fame player. You know, you give up that one sack as an offensive tackle, you're losing your job. So it's uh, it's they've got to be dialed in and they've got to be consistent. He has been that type of player. Just getting started here on this Tuesday, the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riolu and Kyle Vandenbosch as we continue here in June. We talk a little defense and J.J. Watt, what he might mean to this defense. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Give to Henry. Hit in the backfield by J.J. Watt, who got off a block and drags him down. Knocked down, incomplete. It's J.J. Watt got his hands up. He fumbles the ball. It's loose on the far side. Another takeaway. J.J. Watt. Forced the fumble, leveled in the backfield by J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt gets the penetration right at the point of attack. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him at the 18-yard line. Mitchell running straight ahead gets dropped for a loss. J.J. Watt in the backfield with the takedown. Penetration on the backside. That is J.J. Watt, baby. Tip incomplete. It was Tip, and it was J.J. Watt who got it and the Cardinals stop him on fourth down again. Over the last three games prior to suffering that season-ending injury, regular season-ending injury, J.J. Watt, nine tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, seven quarterback hits, two passes defensed, one forced fumble. That was in three games. He was coming into his own and then suffered that really – awful shoulder injury that knocked him out the rest of the regular season did come back for the wild card game but he was just not the same as we say welcome back to the cardinals red sea report presented by seat get your seats in a seat craig Riolu and kyle vandebosch here every tuesday 11 a.m year round and yeah jj watt one of the veterans on the football field during otas in fact he told us earlier this week kyle that he really only took three days off prior to getting back into the training room, and getting ready for this season. He feels 
disappointed, obviously, having only played seven games in the regular season. And despite him getting up in age, he does not age on a football field. He's still having an impact on this team, whether it's in stats or making sure that, okay, we can't have J.J. Watt beat us. Maybe it's someone else. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think we talked about this a lot, but um, his impact on the field is obvious. And, you know, I think that's what people notice. But his impact on this team in general in the locker room, um, that is what is not quantifiable. I mean, I would dare say, uh, I mean, he's he, – they, they ought to get him a cot and a pillow so he can sleep here because he's probably been here more than any other player this offseason. Um and what that does for a guy like Cameron Thomas or MyJ Sanders or even um, guys that are considered veterans like Zach Allen, when you see a guy that was the best at his position for a number of years um, and, and for the younger guys to see what it takes to get to that level and maintain that type of level, it raises not just the level of play of every single person on the team, but it raises – it it gives awareness to – uh, what are your expectations? What does it mean to be a true pro? And that is how J.J. Watt carries himself, not just in the locker room, but with the media and how he treats people and his willingness to not just work on himself and worry about himself, but to give up his time and to work with some of the younger players and mentor some of these younger players. Um, you know, he's he's the total team player, something that, quite frankly, they're harder to find than they used to be. Guys that would give of themselves and not, expect any benefit back but just for the sake of the team and trying to make this team better and that's what he does for this team and um, I think it's really going to pay dividends because he signed last year missed a good part of training camp with an injury but now the guys get to see him they get to see how he works how he approaches practice how his mentality how he studies film and they can learn from that and it's going to raise the level of these younger players and the in the entire team well to that point here's head coach cliff kingsbury on his star defensive lineman I think we were 7-0 and when he was rocking, you know, full go, and he was up there on the pressure rate, and he brings so much more to the team. I mean, like I've said it before, kind of has that Brady effect where when guys are on the field with him, they don't want to let him down. They don't want to not know their assignment or loaf to a play because they know how hard he goes, how well prepared he is, and he's, he's a special talent on and off the field for us, and it would be great if, if we can have them all 17 games. It's exactly what you were talking about there, Kyle. And earlier in the offseason, Kingsbury called Watt's work ethic relentless. Even during OTAs where you're in T-shirts, shorts, and helmets, he wants to go full speed, hit that bag or hit something. And you're like, okay, well, let's, <laughs> we need you in the regular season. Not so much here, but that's just his mentality. And you'd love to have every single player that way, but that's just the way that J.J. Watt is dialed. Yeah, and and again, um, that that type of effort uh, is contagious because it, it's hard to show up every day. And when you become that guy like he's become, and everybody's looking to you to to see, you know, what is it that got him here? How how did he become the type of player he is? He he's not. I, I mean, obviously, he's got a lot of God given gifts. But it has been through hard work. He has fought back from some devastating injuries. He has played through some devastating injuries. I mean, just the fact that J.J. Uh, Watt did everything he could to try to get back and help this team in the playoffs. You know, he wasn't the same. He wasn't as effective as he would have liked to have been or even possibly the team would have liked him to have been. 
but guy, but guys on this team saw how hard he fought to get back to help them. He could have very easily, and you know, there's a number of players in this league that would have said, "It's too hard. It's my shoulder hurts too bad. This rehab process is not coming along. I'll just come back next year. I'm going to get myself healthy." He didn't do that. He wanted to be there for his team, and and again. Guys like that are so invaluable to a team. It sets the tone for the entire team. When when there's a guy who has a low ankle sprain and he's not fighting hard to come back and they're in the same training room as J.J. Watt, who is there rehabbing four, five, six, seven hours a day to try to get back to help his team, um, you know, they see I better I better fight like he's fighting to get back for this team because because that's the kind of player I want to be. I'll take it even a step further. As a veteran, and this is voluntary work right now, J.J. Watt does not need to be here. I think he's earned enough cachet, if you will, that you know you know what you're going to get out of him. Yet he is here each and every day, and he was asked why being at OTAs is important to him. Being here with, with the guys at OTAs, I think that being on the field is uh, extremely valuable because I don't think you can get better at football without playing football. Taking advantage of every single opportunity, taking advantage of every rep, uh, all the individual drills and everything, and the camaraderie and getting the guys together, I think for me personally uh, is very big. And I think that obviously we have a new D-line coach this year as well, so making sure that we're on the same page and making sure that we're, we all know what the expectation is and we all set the culture that we want to set. And that new defensive line coach, Matt Burke, just arriving to the Arizona Cardinals. But what was quick to point out before that statement saying that's part of his process and he was not speaking about any other individual but himself that's what he does in the offseason and what he needs to do to get ready for the regular season that's what he puts in again Kyle you'd like to see that from everyone but not everyone is wired like that you would like to see that from everybody and um, again the way this season ended for this team and the frustration in that locker room to a man um in interviews you've heard since then, you can they talk about you know it was embarrassing and we're going to do everything we can to make sure this doesn't happen again. Well, this is part of that. This is part of making sure that that doesn't happen again. Is there a direct correlation between the practice they're having today and if they make the playoffs, how they play next year? Probably not. But it's the commitment. It's showing. I am not satisfied. I want to get better. I want to do everything I can. And again, that's why, it, you know, last off season, there was a real push to bring in leadership and guys like J.J. Watt that set the tone for not just the players, but the entire organization. Guys like him make Matt Burke, the new D-line coach, want to be a better coach. They make guys like Vance Joseph want to study more film because when you have players that are working that hard and are and are that committed the coaches don't want to let them down they want to be able to put them in the right positions have let guys that and and in an nfl locker room honestly it it's a meritocracy but it's not based upon talent it's based upon commitment and there is no more committed player on this roster than jj watt and that's how you get respect, and that's how you become a leader, by putting in that time. If you decide, I'm going to skip summer workouts because I don't need it, I'm extremely talented, and I've gone to all these Pro Bowls, I've been Defensive Player of the Year, um, and game three, a guy's not playing hard, and you grab him by the face mask, 
He's going to look at you like you weren't even here. You didn't put in the work. You didn't put in the time. That's how you get your respect. You know, the fact that, you know, even if a guy's not a starter, he's second string, third string, he comes in, but he has been there. He has put in the work. He's done everything he can to help this team. That's a leader. That's a guy that deserves respect in the locker room. Another player who deserves that respect on the other side of the ball, Zach Ertz. And those two have gotten to become really close over the last several months because they're both early morning players who come in, get their work done, and work out together. just so happens that they're both expected to be fathers coming up this coming season. Ertz possibly earlier in the year, Watt come October. So the question to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, what is the plan? What has been communicated as far as the plan if something needs to be discussed prior to the coming season? Having a baby is super foreign to me, so I kind of stay away from that and let the guys who've had kids talk them through that. But I'm sure we've worked it out with previous situations. But they're, they're both really excited, um, and they're going to have some freaky athletic kids, both of them. No question about that. Both their wives, professional soccer players. So, yeah, I can't imagine what those two boys are going to be like as they get older. Of course, the pressure as well to kind of live up to the namesake. DJ Humphreys, a new father as well. In fact, it was the media that informed Hump about J.J. Watt's news about becoming a father with Watt in the back of the room. Is this a real thing, J.J.? Are you a dad? Dad! Papa, bro, I got you, bro. I got a whole, I got a book written down. It's got a little blood, a little tears on there, but it's a handwritten book that's step for step for you, bro. I got you. Don't even worry about it. Get you, a, get you a diaper cake and everything, bro. <laughs> that's awesome. Congratulations, bro. Parenting advice from DJ Humphreys. I can only imagine what that book would read like. <laughs> right, right. And man, I can tell you, uh, having had kids while I was playing, there. You're not afraid of anything on the football field. The first time you leave the hospital and strap your baby into a car seat, there is no more scary moment in your life. It is terrifying. It's two hands on the wheel, you know, 20 miles per hour the whole way home. It is a whole new world. And you think you're on top of the world. You know everything. Kids humble you in a heartbeat, man. They don't care if you had a game on Sunday. They don't care if you've had a tough practice. They don't care if you lost uh, they need you to be dead. They're going to jump on you, climb on you, hang on you, and you're expected to be there for them and be present no matter what else you got going on. I know that feeling all too well. Both Ertz and Watt have said that it's not going to change them as a player as far as how they go about their business on the football field, but it is going to change them. It changes everyone when you become a parent and understand that you are now responsible for another human being. It's the greatest joy in the world, at least in my opinion. Arizona Cardinals season tickets are available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash season for more information. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Well, we referenced Zach Ertz. Let's talk about Zach Ertz as we continue on the other side. Just how much is he going to be involved especially in the first six games of the regular season with no DeAndre Hopkins. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. First down on the 47, drops back to throw, lobs it far side, Earth with the catch of the 30, loose of the 20, far side 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz, 47 yards. Becomes the first player ever 
to have touchdown catches in consecutive games for two different teams. The newest member of the Cardinals may have just put this one out of reach. 23 to 5. Boy, that is a big time explosive play by the newest member of the Arizona Cardinals. It was quite the first impression from Zach Ertz. 47-yard touchdown run and catch against the Houston Texans. And we saw a lot more of that as the season continued. So the question becomes now, what's ahead in the first full season? Uh, Zach Ertz wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riolu and Kyle Vandenbosch turning to the other side of the line of scrimmage in the offense and looking at Zach Ertz's importance, especially late last season, Kyle, when DeAndre Hopkins went down, it became very clear that there was an instant chemistry between quarterback and tight end because Kyler Murray looked in Ertz's direction a lot late in the year and maybe that's going to have to happen again because you won't have DeAndre Hopkins the first six games this season yeah that's it was honestly incredible how quickly that chemistry between the two developed I mean with um, a, a tremendous credit to Zach Ertz for him to come in learn the offense as quickly as he did and look like he's been a part of this offense for years um, and uh, again um, you know at this point in the offseason we can only imagine what a full off season, a full training camp with Zach Ertz, and and you know you can plan more things, develop more things, develop your game plan based upon what he does, and and what he does is run great routes, uh, find open spaces and zone coverage, um, and become a reliable target. I mean, he's got tremendous hands, tremendous feel for um, for the ball, and and making great catches, and he's just he's just a reliable player. And I, I think one of the aspects that gets underrated is how athletic he is because he is a, a really athletic tight end. You know, just, you know, that highlight we just heard with a 47-yard touchdown with, a you know, a good portion of it being a catch and run. Um, it's he's he immediately, uh, you know, after the trade became an impact player for this offense. And you can expect that to only grow um, with the full offseason with the team. First Cardinals tight end since 2003 with at least 500 receiving yards in a season. And Ertz did that in just 11 games. Talking about 2021, he had options this offseason, whether to come back or not. He obviously chose, resigned a three-year contract and recently told Dave Pash on the Dave Pash podcast why, in part, Arizona Cardinals was a team that he wanted to continue playing for. Cliff grinds like he is here in this building all the time, like 4 a.m. during the season, doing everything he can to get his guys the ball, put us in positions to be successful. And so in my, what I have, 12 weeks last year with him, it was awesome. And that's what I told my agent this offseason. I said, hey, I want to come back to Arizona. I love playing for this guy. I love the culture in the building. And when they resigned him, it was a big factor in me wanting to come back speaks volumes that you have a veteran looking at that extension to the head coach and also the general manager and all of a sudden it's like all right now they know that their futures are secure I want to be here I enjoyed my time with the Arizona Cardinals so much late last season despite how last season ended and that was also another topic a conversation Dave Patch podcast again asking Ertz just exactly what happened towards the end of 2021 
it just really came down to execution. And I know that's so cliche or so easy to say, but we were just such a better team on first and second down earlier in the season than we were at the end of the season. And then the season we're freaking facing second and 15s, third and 12s. And it's just so hard as an NFL team to face that consistently and put points on the board. If you feel like, hey, we're the best team, no one can mess with us, then, yeah, you're going to play like that on Sundays. But if you take a hit in the mouth and this happens one, two, three Sundays in a row, it's like, man, we got to find a way. And we just can't let that snowball effect, especially the negative aspect, take place. It's hard to make those immediate adjustments in season. Now, you have to deal with it when it comes to injuries for the Cardinals this coming season. It's a suspension to Hopkins, but... With a full off season now with hopefully a healthy Zach Ertz, and then you welcome in DeAndre Hopkins, this right now is when you can kind of figure out plan A, plan B. All right, what if this happens? We go to this, and this is when all that work is being put in by the coaches. Yeah, it, you know, it's so vital that you have those contingency plans and you have guys that you know can step in um, in an emergency or if something comes up throughout a game or even uh, the course of two or three games. Um, it, you know, it's one of the things that amazed me about the NFL is you work all week on a game plan and you come up with all these cool blitzes and every week there's these, um, you know, a, a designer blitz or two that – uh, you put in to beat a team, and you go into a game, and by halftime, the coaches are crumpling up the game plan, and you're drawing up a whole new game plan at halftime. Like, um, you have to be able to adjust, not just um, throughout the week we're missing a player, we're going to have to make adjustments here, but adjust throughout the course of a game. Sometimes not just at halftime, from series to series, you're going to have to say, okay, look, we're not getting there with our four-man rush, we're going to go with the three-man rush and drop an extra guy into coverage. Um, and that's what's going to be crucial for this offense because, again, um, you know, on paper, this looks like a high-powered offense. But, you know, the the other teams in our division have had enough time to see how Coach Kingsbury calls plays and, and how Kyler likes to run this offense and the guys he likes to go to. And so it'll be vital that um, this team, whether it be through injury, whether it be through DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, they're able to adjust and adapt uh, to what teams are, how teams are playing us and, and able to take advantage of it. We've all had our opinion and thoughts on what this offense might look like without DeAndre Hopkins. Kingsbury having a full offseason trying to dial things up well Zach Ertz has his own ideas on what this offense might look like you, you can never replace a guy like DeAndre let's just throw that out there you can scheme you can do whatever you want the respect the moment he crosses those lines on Sunday there's maybe three other guys on the face of the earth that demand that same attention that Hop brings to the team and so you, you we have to find ways to put guys in position to not replace, but kind of replicate some of his production. I mean, I'll, maybe I go play some X receiver. Uh, I did it a lot in Philly. Maybe mm -hmm. some of the other guys, Rondale goes outside a little bit more. But I think when you have additional time to do it, it obviously helps. We know what the numbers were last season, Kyle. Eight and two with D-Hop, three and four without. Scoring was down. Red zone efficiency was down. D-Hop meant so much but you can't rely on a single player. And I think the team last year became too reliant on number 10. Yeah, and it's not, you know, we've talked a great deal about this as well. It's not just the production. It's the threat of DeAndre Hopkins on the field. And through the first part of the season, 
um, you know, to a degree, defenses are predictable because they always have to account for DeAndre Hopkins. And so, you know, the offense can kind of get lulled into, okay, this is the defense we're going to see this week. Here's the plays that are going to work. Well, in the back half of that season, defenses were able to take more liberties. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field. You don't have the threat of one of the best receivers in the game um, on the field. You don't have to account for him. And so, um, you know, honestly – this may be a blessing in disguise for the back half of the season because you will see a variety of defenses. You will see teams mix it up, change coverages, change blitz packages. Um, and so on the by the time you get to the second half of the season, you've seen everything. You know, it hasn't been vanilla by defenses because they have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins every play. So, um, you know, it may be a blessing in disguise, and this offense may be more ready to adapt to different things they see in the second half of the season. Interesting to hear Ertz mention potentially him being that outside X receiver. Yes, he's a tight end, but a very capable athletic pass-catching tight end who may be that outside wide receiver. If you want to hear more from Zach Ertz, it's episode 31 of the Dave Patch Podcast. Premieres later today to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Dave Patch Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, get your seats in a seat. The edge rush, getting to the opposing quarterback without Chandler Jones. How does his team do it? Another topic of conversation all offseason. One we just won't have an answer to until the start of the regular season. But our thoughts on that topic next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap hurts. Short set. Steps up. Being chased far side by Gardeck. Sacks him at the 41-yard line. Dennis Gardeck has become the sack machine. Shotgun snap. Hurts with a short set. In trouble. Steps up. Gets hit. And sacked. Dennis Gardeck was there first. Somebody hit the stroll, baby. Gardecki! 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 Kyler Murray mic'd up back in 2020. Cardinals against the Eagles. Dennis Gardeck, two sacks in that game. Seven in just 94 defensive snaps two years ago. Did not have a single sack last season. But Gardeck, in addressing the media earlier this week, knee is good, hands are good, he feels good, and potentially could be one of those players in the mix to replace a Chandler Jones. You're not going to replace a Hall of Fame edge rusher with just one player, Kyle, but this team does have options. What are your... What do you forecast as far as Gardeck being one of those guys that could get after opposing quarterbacks as he did two years ago? I think he absolutely could be that guy. Um, he's shown it. Um, you know, what I like about watching him, um, it, it, pass rushers have all kinds of shapes and sizes and different builds and different abilities. You know, you watch a guy like Chandler Jones and he comes with a fastball and then it's a changeup and then it's – you never know what he's going to do. A guy like Dennis Gardeck, it's like he's shot out of a cannon every opportunity he gets. And it's like – You've got to hit my fastball every time because I'm going to bring it. And offensive linemen, offensive tackles, 
can't ever let up because he's going to keep coming. If he doesn't get there with the first effort, he's going to get there with the second or third. Um, and you love it. You love those type of players, and, and you, you hope for those type of players. Now, um, you know, I'm not an expert on anything except for injuries, rehab, and recovery. And I've had the ACL, and um, I thought I was good in my next season. I thought I, w- I was going out there, and I thought I was being effective. And then I would see myself on tape kind of shying away from piles, worried about guys rolling into my legs. And, and it, that is no reflection of toughness or anything. It's just your brain isn't quite ready for you to be the guy you were. But it took two years. Every single time I had an ACL, I wasn't quite right the next year. I gave it my all. played the same type of effort. I wasn't the same dude. And so I'm excited to see him back at full speed because I know, um, you know, we talk about how J.J. Watt trains. Well, Dennis Gardeck's built from the same mold. I mean, the guy trains like crazy and doesn't take days off. And, um, you know, he, you can know – you can be – assured he will be physically ready for this season so um, I'm hoping he gets an opportunity and, and and again we talked about the value of OTAs with trying new things well this is a great opportunity you've got a lot of pieces that you're going to try to plug in um, where Chandler Jones was and you can use them in different ways you know you might have a my Jay Sanders that's a little bit smaller that's going to be your speed guy that you want on a certain package you might have uh, Cameron Thomas who's you know who who's a more refined got long arms uses his hands well you might have a Dennis Gardeck and you could take advantage not just of schemes but personnel like I think this player the way he rushes will match up well against this type of offensive lineman so um, you know I'm excited to see how it all shakes out I think all of the guys, um, you know, Victor DiMuchegi, all of these guys have certain gifts and certain tools, and it's just a matter of figuring out how to plug them in and how to use them and take advantage of those tools. No question, Gardeck is going to get an opportunity. You just look at what's on the roster currently, and he is in the mix. You ask Gardeck about his opportunity and kind of already thinking ahead. Gardeck wants no part of thinking ahead. I don't like the guarantee. When I first tore my ACL, I was going through that. I was like, I guarantee I'm coming back stronger and this and that. And I found that it's so much more inspiring and it it pushes me so much more understanding that it might not. It might be done. It might be over. And I think that's why uh, being on the 53 is my number one goal, just understanding the sense of urgency and, and that kind of pressure I thrive under. It's a great mindset. Again, we talked about J.J. Watt and how he trains. You brought up Gardeck and how he trains, and nothing is ever given to him. He's always had to earn it, and that's exactly what he did this past offseason. He earned a contract for the Arizona Cardinals, unrestricted free agent. Here's an undrafted free agent who earned a second contract, a first big contract, being rewarded for what he did, but he's not relying on the past to get him to the next step. Right. And, you know, there's two things. One, you know, I've been there. You see potentially the end of your career and you don't know when that's coming, but you just say, just give me one more day. Just give me one more day. And then it's one more season and and you don't take things for granted. And a guy like Dennis Gardeck, I mean, even if he wasn't injured, um, he is self-motivated. It's never you don't need a coach to yell at him on the football field. You don't need him to sit before a game and watch a hype video to get fired up for a game. Um, you know when he's on the football field, he's going to give you everything he's he's got, and that is what that's what he's done for the Arizona Cardinals since the first day he got here. Whether it be on special teams or whether it be on certain packages on defense. 
Um, there's one certainty. He is going to go all out all the time when he's on the football field. Also in that outside linebacker's room, Devon Kennard, as far as another option, as far as options to replace Chandler Jones. Kennard recently on the Big Red Rage on what no Chandler Jones means for this team. I think it, it provides a lot of opportunity for everybody in our room. And, you know, uh, Marcus Golden obviously is going to step up in a major way. But we have me and Dennis Gardeck. We got three rookies that we just drafted and, and Victor Dimikije from last year. So, uh, you know, I'm confident in our room. I think it's a good mix of young guys who are hungry and, and some veterans who really know what they're doing. And, and uh, we're going to get the job done. I feel like it's going to be, um, you know, a really explosive room, an exciting room. Um, and we're going to be a big part of why we win. It is still one of the bigger question marks that I have about this team going into the next season defensively as far as who's getting after opposing quarterbacks. There is no single guy, and they really did not replace Chandler Jones. Now, there's a number of options, but that position, that player, wasn't replaced. Right, and I love uh, I love the mentality. I love the opportunity, right? Last year uh, at training camp, Guys are competing for the opportunity to get on the field when Chandler Jones needs a rest. Now they're saying, this job is there, go take it. And there is several players vying for that opportunity to not replace him, but to fill that role and get into the lineup and get reps. Whereas last year, you're kind of like, well, I'm just hoping to get some reps when Chandler's tired. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out come training camp late July and the month of August before the regular season begins. September 11th. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Siki. Get your seats in a seat every Tuesday 11 a.m. all year round right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club. Oh.